Welcome to episode 28 of When Fear Reigns. I'm Ben Workington, joined as always by Dr. John Parlow. This is the podcast where we talk all about what it means to live your faith in Jesus in a post-Christian world. Uh, today, we're looking at a pretty cool thing. We're going to talk about God in your oatmeal. I think he's got a plan for you and what you eat for breakfast. But before we get there, uh, John, we've talked about you as Dr. Parlow, uh, but I don't know if we've ever talked about what that title is for. What are your degrees in? Why, why should we call you Dr.? First of all, I don't ask that anybody call me doctor. <laughs> After I received that back in 2006, I thought, you know, I worked a long time for that, and I really didn't get it just to be called doctor. I, I just like schooling. I yeah. like education, and I am a lifelong learner, which I think leaders need to be. But uh, then it was uh, friends of mine said, well, you should probably use it since you earned it. And I don't know that that is always a great idea because sometimes people think, well, it's this, that, and the other thing. It's a, it's a doctorate in homiletics and leadership or preaching. Okay. Preaching with an emphasis also in leadership. Here I thought it was an honorary degree from It Phoenix was not University. an honorary degree. It's from Denver <laughs> Seminary. I had Haddon Robinson as my advisor who, if you know anything about homiletics in the Christian church, he's like the Michael Jordan of homiletics. Now he's with the Lord in heaven, but he was really a very great experience. Uh, got a, a couple other masters and, and also some postdoctorate work in areas of um, systematic theology, apologetics, Greek New Testament, uh, things like that. I got a minor in counseling and few things like that. I just couldn't imagine your counseling be like jujitsu counseling. Well, I would say that I'm probably not as empathetic as you would be. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm sure plenty empathetic. And I think that's going to be good for our topic today. Because I think there's, I want to talk about this idea among Christians that God has a plan for everything. Um, people will excuse that, excuse away, you know, what happens, or they'll talk about things that are just really out of their control and say, oh, God's got a plan for that on the silly end. We get things like our title today, God has got a plan for you to eat oatmeal for breakfast. But let's get past all the hype, get all the conversation out of the way, and go back to God's word. What does God's word say? What can we say for certain? Is God's plan? And help us separate that from speculation by godly Christians. Well, I think you and I would go always back to Scripture, understanding that God's plan is that all be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. Mm-hmm. He doesn't really want anyone to perish uh, but and not spend eternity with him. So that's that's over the broad a view of everything. For the Christian, he wants us to live our lives and everything that we do to give him glory and honor. I often say around here, he wants us to make sure we share and we show. And a lot of times what happens is you show first and then people ask you, well, why do you do that? And why did you make that choice Mm -hmm. as we're going to talk about today? And then you get a chance to share. You've built a bridge. You've built a relationship over which you can go ahead and share God's word. I mean, he, he tells us he wants us to be salt and light. That's both a preserving agent and some flavor, I always think, and light in the idea of a dark dark world. I think that's all important. I, I often say Christians and, and the Christian church needs to be evangelically weird. Now, I probably should phrase that. <laughs> yeah, you're going to have to fill per, Perhaps countercultural is a better term, but it's, it's the idea that you're not supposed to just blend in necessarily. That doesn't mean you're obnoxious with mm-hmm. your faith, but a faith lived out loud is impactful. Mm-hmm. is very impactful, and that's what God wants us to do, to give him glory in all that we do and, and point people to Jesus, their Savior. Mm-hmm. Why do you think people are so... Because I've heard people say, you know, I'm just waiting for God's will in my life, or, you know, I, I made that decision, made that move. What What is it about that that Jesus followers find so alluring to talk that way about big decisions? Well, no one wants to blow a big decision, mm-hmm. yet mm-hmm. every one of us listening and speaking right now uh, has done that and will do that. The real key is is you made your life is filled with decisions. 
how do you make God pleasing ones, knowing ultimately that God's word tells you that he works out everything for your good. That doesn't mean everything's going to be good and not mm-hmm. all your decisions mm-hmm. are, but just as he has used uh, uh, in um, unjust rulers and pagan rulers and, and disasters and, and diseases in the lives of his people mm. to ultimately bring out good, he can do the same with our decisions. So when it comes to decisions, I think uh, we're going to work through kind of a paradigm that I use that mm-hmm. you know about mm-hmm. as well that I think helps us make better decisions, understanding that ultimately God's in control. And I feel better about that. The older I've gotten in life, the more I realize that's the case. I always knew he was in control. I don't Mm -hmm. think I always Mm -hmm. believed that as a young pastor (laughs) like your age. And I thought maybe I need to take the reins. And now I realize God says, John, you're not God. Mm -hmm. uh, And there's only room for one on the throne and it's not you. (laughs) So how does a Christian come at some of those big decisions? I mean, I'm thinking about like school. Uh, There's a lot of kids who are making decisions about college for next year, uh, degrees, who they're going to marry, where you're going to live, what kind of career. Let's just kind of walk through a paradigm that, not paradigm, a a picture I use. Uh, Picture you have a picture of a Bible in front of you, and across that Bible, there are three different words. There's the word permission, the word prohibition, and the word principles. Okay. So, so what? Let's say. Let's just take. just let's just take something as mundane in a certain sense as gambling. Let's just use gambling as an okay. example or a tattoo, getting a tattoo, little ink. Um, what you simply do is, okay, look to God's word first as your guide. It's God's mm-hmm. word after mm-hmm. all. He doesn't say, well, that doesn't count anymore. It's the 21st century. No, it's sin is sin. And, and when it's not sin, it's still not sin. So uh, permission, does God give you permission? Does he say yes? If he says, yes, you can do that, okay, then Mm. you continue on in your journey of decision-making. If he clearly says, no, a prohibition, then you don't do it. He says Mm -hmm. it's wrong. Mm -hmm. You don't do it. If there's not really a clear yes or no, and some people would say that's a gray area, and you and I would call it a a freedom, Mm -hmm. um, then you know that you probably have some clear biblical principles that Mm. surround that that decision. And so that kicks it down. I always go down a box in my diagram to the freedom box. I have Mm -hmm. Christian freedom. But it's not Christian freedom blanket Christian mm-hmm. freedom. It's Christian freedom encased by clear biblical principles. Just because you have the freedom to do something doesn't necessarily mean you should. One of the questions we ask around here at St. Mark Ministries all the time is, what's the best way to? Mm-hmm. I might mm-hmm. have the freedom to do a number of things as I'm carrying out the gospel and helping people be discipled in God's truth and also here for the first time, but what's the best way for me to do that in my ministry area, mm-hmm. in my circumstance? The brother down the road may have a whole different ministry arena mm-hmm. than myself, and it may not be the best choice for him. So I have a Christian freedom. The discussion then begins, what's the best way to? Just because you have the freedom to do something doesn't necessarily you do, mm-hmm. you do it, whether it's in ministry or in our lives as Jesus followers. So let's say you go, okay, it's a freedom. God doesn't prohibit it. He doesn't say, yes, do it. He's just kind of that gray area. It's a Christian freedom. Then that kicks it to a box that's next to the freedom box, which is the wisdom box. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's talk about tattoos or gambling. Is it the wise thing for me to do? It might be all right for you to do it, Ben, or someone else to do it, but is it the wise thing to do? I'll give you an example. Take a look. You have to be honest. Uh, You think of your family origin. Mm-hmm. You think of the weaknesses that you have. You think of your past with this particular subject that you're talking about or a decision you're trying to make. You, you ask yourself, is this the wise thing to do? And then and as you're talking about that, determining what's best for you and how you've been wired and your past and your weaknesses and strengths, maybe you ask people that love you enough to tell you what you need to hear when you don't want to hear it. Maybe it's parents. Maybe it's a spouse. Maybe it's a girlfriend or boyfriend. Maybe it's a teacher or a coach that you really hold in high value. 
Talk to someone who loves you enough to tell you what you need to hear even when you don't want to hear it. Then after you have all those decisions, maybe you say in your wisdom, okay, I could do this, but then there's one more box that's also to the side of the wisdom box, and that is, how is this going to play in the eyes of a watching world? Mm -hmm. Is it going to be a really good witness for Jesus and Christianity, or is it going to cause confusion and weakness in the situation in which I am applying this or the decision I am making? So just because you can go through all those boxes, there's no yes or no, you've got Christian principles, you've got the freedom to do that, you check out wisdom and so on, and maybe for you, it's not a problem for you to do this, then you finally have to think, you've been sent out in a mission field by Jesus, that's why you're still taking up air, taking mm-hmm. air upright, mm-hmm. and you have an assumed room temperature. Well, is it the wisest thing you can do for, for a world mm-hmm. that is always watching? And so once you go through all of those things, I think a lot of time the decisions you're going to make are going to be godly ones. But the trouble is, is so often we don't go through them. We go, yeah. okay, it doesn't say it's a sin and God mm-hmm. doesn't command or whatever. It's in the freedom box. I can do whatever I want. Mm-hmm. That usually gets you in trouble because you don't take into account the fact you're a sinful human being living in a sinful world and mm-hmm. the devil loves to play with both in your playground. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, those are helpful helpful thoughts and a kind of a trajectory to think along. If you don't mind, I'd like to just go through maybe a couple of case studies and see, like walk through what it would look like uh, for somebody to make a decision. So I'm thinking of somebody who is looking at a, a midlife career change and they're thinking they want to move to a faraway city. Like how would that, like, well, let's walk through, we'll have to make up some answers on some of these questions because sure. we don't know them, but let's just walk through and demonstrate what that would look like for somebody to kind of Well, right away, there's, there's, that's not a sin. Right. So that's so not there's a no problem. prohibition there's against no it. There's no prohibition against yep. it. Now, I'm assuming this person has a family. Is this person single? Yep. What are we yep. doing? So they've got a family and they're right, they're up. Up for moving the family. Well, I think this husband and or wife, right? The the Mm -hmm. spouse sits Mm -hmm. down together and they they go ahead and talk about, okay, what's the best thing for our family? And one of the things I would do when you're doing a career change is, what's the best way for me to use the gifts God has given me Mm -hmm. and -hmm. take advantage of the opportunities I apparently have now? Mm -hmm. Or is this because I'm going through a midlife crisis or I'm assuming the grass is greener Mm -hmm. on the other side of the (laughs) hill or more money somehow I believe is going to equal happiness, which we all know doesn't happen. It does for a week. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, ah, that didn't make such a great move. But I would say, okay, first of all, is this going to be a great move for our families? Mm -hmm. I know that as pastors, when we get calls, one of the things we think about is where can I use my gifts Mm-hmm. in God's kingdom to his glory. Mm-hmm. We also have to be fathers and husbands and say, all right, uh, my sons are transitioning into high school or college. Yeah. They're yeah. little in grade school right now, so that's not a problem. Those all come into play, and you, you, you can't be just selfish and go, this is a good move for me right. Right. when it could ruin your family. Mm-hmm. So you have to take in a, a multiple. So in that case, do you have the freedom to do that? Yeah. And now you go into the wisdom box, yeah. which is yeah. right next to it. Yeah. Okay, is it the wise thing for our family to do at this time? It yeah. might be in 10 years. Sure. It might be in five years. Or you chased a dream that's already gone Correct. by. Absolutely. And so you, you got to put others, especially as a leader in your family, mm-hmm. or one of the leaders, moms and dads, you have to make sure, okay, is this really what's best? And mm-hmm. what's the underlying motivation? Is it greed? Mm-hmm. Is it I feel... I have self-esteem issues and I don't feel complete because I don't have this degree or I don't Mm -hmm. have this Mm -hmm. position or I haven't climbed the corporate ladder fast enough. Mm -hmm. All of those things have to be taken into consideration and you got to be honest about it. And again, in that case, in the wisdom box where we went from freedom to wisdom box, once again, ask people around you, people who love you, people who've known you for years, maybe it's people in your small group, Mm -hmm. which would be really Mm -hmm. smart. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's your pastors, maybe... It's uh, someone working with you in the company or someone who's been with you for a long time. Maybe it's a a family member. Mm -hmm. I I don't know, Mm -hmm. but get some insight. And then 
I think you, you make pretty good decisions and then, you know, and understand if you made a bad decision, you realize that a year down, God can still use our bad yep. decisions. Yeah. Good. Excellent. That's helpful in that situation. Let's talk about another one that I think a lot of people wrestle with, especially as our culture moves to more acceptance of this. Um, imagine somebody's wrestling with a question, am I free to move in with my girlfriend? Yeah. And Let's then, then about, you have the prohibition. Yeah. You, have the, you know, uh, <laughs> having two older sons, 30 and 28, yeah. you yeah. know, who love to argue, it's <laughs> it's obviously a trait from their mother's side. <laughs> I'm um, sure. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, they'll say, well, yeah, there's technically no prohibition mm -hmm. for living together before marriage. And I said, well, yeah, there is. When God talks about sexuality, which is a great gift because mm -hmm. he made it, mm -hmm. anytime it's taken out of the bonds of marriage and the parameters of marriage, it never goes well. Mm -hmm. Look in the Old mm -hmm. and New Testament, there's a lot of uh, damage. There's a, a wake of damage mm -hmm. behind a lot of different people. And um, a lot of times you'll hear people say, well, you know, we were living together, but we're not having sex. Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, mm -hmm. I didn't fall up the turnip truck, you know. <laughs> I, I, I doubt that highly. Number two, everyone else is thinking you're doing it. Yeah, you're I think that's sex. that world witness. Yeah. When, yeah. when you think about right, and then it's and then the it's witness. the Ephesians chapter five. You're not even supposed to five verse three. You're not even supposed to give people the hint of sexual immorality mm -hmm. using sex outside the bonds of marriage. Mm -hmm. And so with that, you have a prohibition. You can say that's what everyone's doing. Same thing we'll talk about this weekend as we continue in our series at the time of this recording, mm -hmm. uh, Work Matters, mm -hmm. is, yeah, I know sometimes in the industry, people do cheat. People do talk behind the boss and mm -hmm. stab mm -hmm. the boss in the back, you know, figuratively mm -hmm. speaking, and, and say, I'm going to do this, but then not do it. You know, I, I know that those are sometimes what's often done in the industry doesn't make them right. And just because they might be accepted in culture doesn't mean they're accepted in the sight of a, a holy, just, and loving God. So I think you want to keep that in mind. That's a relatively easy one. God says... No. Mm -hmm. Now, anytime you go ahead and you're involved in a relationship or a decision with a, a behavior that God says no to, don't expect him to bless it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Don't expect him to bless it. Good. Thank you. How about for the young person um, looking at college coming up in this next semester, uh, all the things coronavirus aside, uh, let's just imagine it's going to be a, a normal semester next year. As usual, they're trying to decide, you know, UWGB or Madison or Purdue. They've got an opportunity to go to any of these schools. How, how do Boy, they think through that Boy, that's a great process? question, having... Sons that just, you know, they're, they're removed yeah, from college yeah. now, but we have so many people in our congregation that have children reaching that age. You and I both know the whole idea of how much college has gone up when it comes to cost and how yeah. really, uh, let's face it, the, the earning power probably has not kept pace at all. Mm -hmm. And there could be a lot of reasons for that that's not for this podcast. But <laughs> I think one of the things you have to talk about is, okay, is it wrong for me to go to this college? Well, God, mm -hmm. no. God says, mm -hmm. no, it's not. Yeah, there's no, so there's no, principles here. Yeah, yep. you got Christian freedom to choose the school you want to go to. But I think in this day and age where things are post-truth and post-Christian and sometimes antagonistic against mm -hmm. people of mm -hmm. faith, especially Jesus followers, you might want to take that into consideration. I often say, you know, there's a lot of schools that are very, very good schools, great academic schools. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I think yeah, there's a Christian stewardship of money and finances in there as well. Mm -hmm. Maybe you get this huge debt, and then when you get out and get your job, and if you do get the job that you got your degree in, which is sometimes sketchy today, mm -hmm. suddenly you can't give like you'd like to give to ministries, or you can't help the poor because you've got you got six figure debt, mm -hmm. and you're going to have mm -hmm. it for the rest. Mm -hmm. You got a house payment, and you're living in a two bedroom apartment. That often will happen. Sure. So I, I think the thing you want to think about is, okay, what's the cost? I tell a lot of young people, and this is just a side note now, listen, college isn't for everyone. And a lot of times you get a degree and you don't mm -hmm. even get your job in that mm -hmm. degree. They have to retrain you when they hire you. Mm -hmm. I always tell people, go to a technical college for two years, get your generals. <laughs> sure, yeah. And then if you want to go on, 
maybe you're a little more mature. Mm-hmm. You're not in debt. Yes, if you can live in your parents' basement and they allow you to do that, <laughs> that's great. You save some money. Yeah. But that's smart on your part. So I think there's a lot of things to play in the freedom. You go into that wisdom box. Mm-hmm. Is it the wise thing for me to do financially? Mm-hmm. Uh, I know myself that you have to say to a person, do I know myself? If I move away two states away in college, mm-hmm. am I actually going to go to school or yeah. am I just going to yeah. party like, you know, it's... 1999, but that's a long, I know. Sorry, it's the Prince thing. I was going to say for you, it would be 1979. Yeah. Oh, that's that's very true. That was exactly correct. Very good. Well, it's going to be headed to the People's Republic of Madison. Yeah, right. 63 right. acres surrounded by reality. Yeah. And I think that's another consideration, right? If you are walking in as a Jesus follower, as an 18-year-old Jesus follower, am I putting my faith at risk by going to this? And there's campus of UW-Madison has a beautiful campus ministry. It's great. Jesus followers all over the place. Yep. And they do quite well there. But but you have to know yourself. Are you spiritually mature to handle that? Or will you be in two years after you've gone to tech or some other schooling where it didn't cost you as much? Mm -hmm. And you got to get into spiritually mature because there is something to be said about that. Am I going to be a better better missionary for Jesus in two years than I would be? Mm -hmm. And then you talk about the last box, right? Are you a witness or are you weakness? I mean, what happens if you really jettison your faith and people go, well, you know, you said you're this big Christian or you were a Christian, you went to a Christian grade school or high school or both or whatever, and now you're just known as the guy who can drink the most beer the fastest within a minute. Yeah, yeah. What what kind of message is that Mm -hmm. sending? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, Jesus talks about what what is it if a man gains a whole world but loses a soul? Uh, you can have the best degree and the best. I mean, there's great education that happens at some place like UW Mass, and I don't mean to pick on them, but it's kind of the academic, higher academic world that we live in right now. Uh, get the best degree, best education, best trainers, best professors, uh, best internship opportunities. But if it costs you your relationship with Jesus, you got to count that cost. Isn't it? And that's a big and, thing and, for an 18 year And keep things f- first things first. And yeah. it's not easy to do that when you're 18 years old. I probably wasn't very good at that, and you probably weren't either. No. Um, Anthony was probably very uh, He was better mature. at it, he was better at it yeah. than us. Yeah. But um, that's because it's Saint Anthony, right? <laughs> um, but I, I just, you know, I, I think you should really think through those things and be honest with yourself. A lot of times people are going, I'm 18 years old and now I can go to college. And instead of seeing that as an opportunity to learn and use your gifts and, and grow as a person, mm-hmm. they really see that as an extension of the teen years. Mm-hmm. It's just an mm-hmm. extension of adolescence, four, five, six years out. I still More don't freedom, have to grow no, up. Less accountability, yes, less absolutely. responsibility. Yeah. Especially in yeah. a different state, mom and yeah. dad will never know. Yeah, that's right. And you've talked a little bit about this, but let's talk go more into it and help us unpack it. How does God use Christian and maybe even non-Christian influences in our life to help us make some of those big decisions? You've talked about parents with college or whatever. Um, is it crazy to talk to your parents? Uh, uh, help us kind of well, think through who do you involve in I would I would decisions? certainly involve your parents because your parents, apart from Jesus, love you the most on this yeah. earth, obviously. I think I would talk to your advisors that you went to high school, you know, where you went to high school. Mm-hmm. I think that's important. Uh, yeah, if they're non-Christians at work, Ask them, really, be honest with me, where do you think I'm at? Or maybe it's mm-hmm. a coach who's not mm-hmm. a Jesus follower. Mm-hmm. What do you think I'm like? Um, God certainly can give you direction and continue to put you on the path he wants you to travel using people who are believers and non-believers, people who are maybe, sometimes even uses people bad influence, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right, at some ultimate point to make sure he puts you where he wants you to be. So yeah, I think all of those are open. I would talk to my parents. I'd talk to my friends that I could trust. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that I know are going to give me good insight, I would talk to my counselors. Mm-hmm. I'd talk to my pastor if I'm a Jesus follower, certainly. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I'd listen to what they have to say. But again, for the young person talking today going to college, I am a firm believer 
that you should probably wait two years before mm-hmm. you go to mm-hmm. a, a big time college. Just I think that spiritual maturity mm-hmm. is extremely valuable. When you're 18 years old and have you have right. a lot of freedom, first maybe time. it's your yeah. first taste of away from home. Mm-hmm. Boy, there's a lot of temptations out there as opposed mm-hmm. to I'm a 20 year old. Mm-hmm. Little experience. Little experience. Yeah. Hopefully some spiritual maturity took place. Mm-hmm. And I'll make better decisions and I won't be so swayed by peer pressure, but I don't always know that to be the case. But at least you got a better shot, I think, at 20. And I think you talked about another one that, you know, the importance of having a Christian community, whether that's a small group or just a bunch of people that, a couple of people that get together and have your best interests at heart um, and be able to give that honest feedback, you know. Um, that job opportunity. You've been offered a job in this faraway city. Uh, let us you know. Help, let me help you, you know, ask the question. One of the things, to too, I things. think that uh, you have at your disposal today are some of the personality tests mm-hmm. that can help you mm-hmm. see, okay, are you going to be, uh, are you the kind of person that is wired to maybe be on your own at a young age? Mm-hmm. Or are you more the responsible? Are you more the, I'm a party waiting to happen kind yeah, of person? Yeah, yeah, good. Last thoughts on the idea or the topic of, of making big decisions? Don't make them quickly. That's good. When you make a, a decision, a lot of times it's like when before you send an email, mm-hmm. you write it out, <laughs> even though <laughs> it's it emotional, sit. let it sit a day or two. Yeah. In this case, when you have a big decision like a college and you think you finally sifted through all of your opportunities and applications, I'd let it sit mm-hmm. for a week or two mm-hmm. because you never know. And just pray, pray, Lord, if you want me to have this, you know, set me on that path. Otherwise, uh, I know that you'll make sure that I, mm-hmm. I get the... Mm-hmm get the message you want sent. Good. Well, thanks for joining us today as we talk about the importance of godly decision-making. You face decisions all day long. Psychology Today estimates that uh, the number to be 35,000 decisions per person per day. It's like how many times I touch my face a day, I just realized. <laughs> uh, it's no easy to task to navigate all those decisions, especially when you're trying to weigh what brings glory to God. I hope that you got some insights as you face your decisions, both big and small. If you did get some clarity, or if you're still looking for direction on a decision, let us know. Uh, you'll find us on Instagram and Facebook. You can email at when, info at winfearrains.com. Let us know your thoughts, too, about our recent special episodes. We'd love to hear your feedback on that. Did you get anything out of them? Did you find them useful? But as far as uh, God's plan for your breakfast and oatmeal, that's all we've got today. I hope our time together has helped you uh, live with the fear of God reigning in your life. 